Hey everybody, Mike here. This episode is brought to you by These Bites. They're uh, an international bite with a Brazilian flair. These are the world's best empanadas. Go online and order them today at thesebites.com. All right, welcome in everyone to this week's episode of Can We Kick It Podcast. I'm your host, Mike, along with my good friend Chuck here. Hey, hey. What's going on, Chuck? Not a man. What's up with you? Not a whole lot. Just uh, spent the weekend, you know, watching the dropout, watching a little March Madness. How was your weekend? Yeah, kind of the same. Relaxing. I did go see U of H in Arizona Thursday, wow. which was good. Lucky dog. Yeah, man. They It was a fun game, even though they're out now, lost Saturday. But I yeah. uh, went to Texas State to see Doan Jump on Friday, and then uh, went to Austin for a little bit, and then back home and just chilled out all weekend, caught up. You know, so nice. not much, man. Yeah, that's Just, good, yeah. And Houston lost to Villanova, who yeah. I picked uh, last week to go all the way. So hoping that pays out. <laughs> yeah, you have a good shot, man. Yeah. It's all blue buds left. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's nothing but that. But, yeah, so. So what uh, What are you watching I've been watching the, the Dropout. Um, started watching that after your recommendation with Amanda Seyfried and It's great, man. I'm only four or five episodes in, but just the amazing connection to her running silicon valley for money and they faked the demo and all this stuff and her dad is connected you know her dad was connected to enron and they were like neighbors with this richard fweiser how yeah. do you say his last name and that guy's like used to be a cia agent and you know like field officer and stuff like that crazy how that show is and it just really good acting and it's unbelievable how she like changes her voice yeah oh elizabeth it's holmes right yeah elizabeth yeah. holmes yeah but uh, they, have you hey seen guys, yeah, like, she, she like goes all the way down there. Yeah. yeah. Hey, have you seen the whole? Uh, are you caught all the way? Up? I'm caught up. So I'm yeah. on the the current episode. Um, well, we record on Wednesday, so the the current episode dropped today. Yep. Uh, even though you'll hear this on Friday, and so we won't talk about that. But up until then, so Mike's a few episodes behind, so don't want to spoil it, but. It's a really good show. I mean, she takes this big turn. So yeah. anybody who doesn't know, we kind of touched on some of the podcasts about the um, kind of like like uh, tech con mm-hmm. kind of shows with Super Pump about Uber and We Crashed about yeah. WeWork, which is now I think has four episodes. Out. I still only watched the first one of that because I didn't really like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've seen the documentary. Heavy, yeah. But I... I need to give watch a couple of those to give it more of a chance. But yeah. Hulu, which was the first one that came out there on, I think, episode seven this week. Um, so I've watched like the first six. And that's my favorite by far. But it's about Elizabeth Holmes, who found Sternos, who's trying to make these machines with a drop of blood where you can diagnose like 200 diseases or something. Instead of like minutes. a whole vial, it's yeah. like one drop of blood, like, yeah. like a diabetes, like just a prick and then that's it. Yeah. yeah. And none of this is spoilers. It's all real true. There's a documentary about it. Mm-hmm. There's podcasts about it. There's articles about it. But, I mean, it's a really interesting story because super smart. She had a great idea, but never could make it come to fruition and just started conning the shit out of everything. Yeah. And I, I love how she like is in her head and how she wants to be like the next Steve Jobs yeah. and the next Bill Gates and she went to Stanford and dropped out and then she meets the the uh, owner of like Oracle on his yacht. I can't remember that guy's name, but Larry he's like Larry Yeah, he's like bonkers. Like yeah. yeah, he's just like get the money. Yeah. Get the money. Show me the money. She's <laughs> in a freaking life vest on a huge yacht. Yeah, she's the only one in a life vest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that insane. kind of plays into the that whole tech 
I mean, you wouldn't say that Mark Zuckerberg is outland. I mean, he's kind of a robot, but I mean, at least his public image. Yeah, he's kind of like a robot. Yeah, he yeah. could be wild in real life. Yeah, but he, but I mean, just her. In the first episode, she's listening to some country song like dancing against a Steve Jobs poster. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm in a hurry. Yeah, I'm in a hurry to get, get things done. done. Oh, I <laughs> Russian, Russian to life goes on. Yeah, she's like dancing up all on yeah. like, his poster. Yeah, it was so weird. And then she like later on starts dressing in black turtlenecks. Yeah, and there's a really good scene. So Earl Morris, who's like a really good document uh, documentarian, documentary filmmaker. Yeah, he's the one who shoots the documentary on HBO Max. Uh, called The Innovator, I think it's called. And he did some commercials for Theranos. Oh. But it's, in the documentary, it's very like this. It's just, she's behind this white screen in her black turtleneck with red lipstick and her super buggy freaking eyes. Yeah. It's, it's freaky. Yeah. And, like, the sad thing is I think she had a really good idea and just didn't have the science behind it to make it happen. Yeah. But instead of trying to delay or... Because it would have killed her company. Oh, yeah. They would have been done and somebody yeah. else would have you know, picked it up and ran with it. But it was the same thing. Like, Ellison was telling her, like, oh, when I launched Oracle, the software was trash. You just got to keep going. Yeah. And then it'll just pay off and it clearly doesn't. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it kind of did. Her company is worth, like, $19 billion or something at oh, one yeah. point. But but now she's in... I don't know if she got sentenced yet, but she was found guilty yeah, of fraud guilty, or whatever. Yeah. yeah this year but i think it's you have these visionaries and just but even it's not even really i don't know let me ask you this i don't even think some of it is that visionary because talk about these three shows we 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 crash about we work he basically they their basic business model is leasing floors of buildings and then subleasing it out to other people, but making it more a millennial party kind of mm-hmm. atmosphere, putting ping pong b- tables and bars and free alcohol and soda. And, but that's not like a innovative process. That's, I mean, that's compare. I mean, it's different than like what we offices where we work in, yeah. but it's really not that radical because people were already doing that. He just made it more of a party kind of type at like a bro yeah, yeah tech yeah. bro type atmosphere it's, yeah, it's a millennial workspace right but yeah now but i guess now it's becoming it more we see it more yeah you know now than yeah. maybe like when i first started my career for when i started a career you had more people at offices and clothes in space and yeah now everything's open floor plan and even you know a lot of companies that aren't tech had ping pong tables and gyms oh, and yeah. healthcare and stuff on campus. The software company I worked for had a ping pong table yeah. and, a, and a beer tap and yeah, I mean and, and a pool table. I mean they were all about like exercising the mind like yeah. freely through. Well, they don't want you to leave. They want you to be happy there. Exactly. And then, if you work fifteen hours, great, but yeah, you can have a little fun while you're doing it. Yeah. You know, like that's, Take a that's break the catch. Instead of go out and smoke, just yeah. have a like play a game of pool or ping pong, or <laughs> instead of going home, you just hang out after work. Yeah. And, so I. But it's really, in the grand scheme of things, not that. It's not that radical. Yeah. It, it just, it's just different than how modern business has operated for the last yeah. 80 years in office spaces, right? But the whole, like, we work is just land lease management. Yeah. There's nothing new about that. It's just yeah. in a different 
on a different yeah, plate. Yeah, positioning in a different, yeah. different way. Yeah. And not, not discounting anything, his ideas. No, no, But no. because it, it did change how a lot of the modern offices For sure. are done. But it really wasn't that mind-blowing or groundbreaking of an idea. I mean, and the same so, thing— It's not like it was a floating office. I mean, that yeah. would be revolutionary, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. And the same thing with Uber— Basically, instead of a taxi, you already had taxis, and it was basically taxis that are on apps by people that may have shitty cars and not yeah. be good drivers. And and then, I mean, in the beginning, it was supposed to be like a cost-saving measure, mm-hmm. but the last time I took a lift home from, from uh, George Bush Airport to... To the Heights? Yeah. Cost me $65. Oh, yeah. At 7 o'clock. Like, yeah. a taxi would have been cheaper. Taxi mm-hmm. would have been $45. Yeah. But everybody's like, oh, let's get an Uber. Let's get a Lyft. It's the it's the go-to. And now it's, it's revolutionized it's, because now you go, you don't grab a taxi. Yeah. Or, and it, and it helped with, like, you know, it should help with people commuting, especially in certain cities. Like, I was talking to someone that lives in L.A., and they go... You know, it's kind of like Houston. You have to drive like an hour to see. You yeah, know, yeah. When I came to you tonight, I drove an hour right. you know, to get to Kick in a Media Podcast Studios. Yep. And so like in L.A., a lot of people will use Uber to get around or to go to a party or a bar. And same thing here. When you go out at night and it may, it's better to pay for a $20 Uber than thousands of dollars of DWI. Oh, for and, sure. Yeah. Lawyer fees. Yeah. And, yeah. So... I mean, I think there's, and again, I'm not trying to discount it, but it really just took one idea or something that's already established sure. and yeah. enhanced it. It's not like they created a light bulb or no. electricity yeah. or, you know, anything. It's it's just connecting the world in, in faster ways than we yeah. haven't had in the last 60, 80 years, right? Yeah. You know, we can now look at our phone and get a, get a, a lift at a predetermined time, right, yeah. if you schedule it. And you can also choose the size of vehicle you want. As opposed to you got to wait at the corner and flag some schmuck yeah. down in a in a cab and, and get in and it could be dirty as hell. I don't ride a cabs all that often, so I'm not knocking I, cabs or anything. But I used to go to New York for work a lot, mm-hmm. uh, like when I first started working out of college, and my company was based out of there. It was taking taxis all the time in Manhattan, and it was some of the hardest thing to grab a cab. And oh, so I, sure. I mean, most of the time I would try to take a subway, but if I was trying to get somewhere quick and take a taxi and you're fighting, you know, everybody's trying to flag and valet or uh, building people are flagging for other for people that are staying in a hotel or staying in, you know, where they live, doormen. So the good thing with, you know, Uber and Lyft, you can program on the app and order on the app and tell you how long it's going to be and so you're not kind of you know trying to flag one down so i mean they're just like you said taking in elevated offerings and stuff and really skirting regulation to try to do stuff cheaper oh yeah definitely <laughs> so but, the the interesting thing learning in the uber show and i haven't watched it just listened to a couple podcasts about it is that uber instituted there was some something that happened that where someone uber driver like killed somebody Mm. or a passenger killed an uber driver i forget what the case and so they uber instituted a dollar 
a ride safety fee, oh. and it was all profit. Like, they didn't do anything to improve their safety. Wow. They made billion, like a billion dollars, like on in additional revenue. Yeah. For that, but apparently Uber's been operating at a loss for since they've been formed. I don't. I, which, I don't. It's like all these tech companies. They start and they operate at a loss, but they're valued at billions, billions. of dollars. Yeah. So. But that begs the question: Are you an Uber guy or a Lyft guy? I'm a Lyft guy. Same here. Yeah. yeah. So the, they have better. Better driver pay, better, yep. more fair practices for their drivers. So I, I am a Lyft guy unless Lyft is more expensive. Oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do enjoy Lyft. It's I, I think it's I, Lyft is usually cheaper though too. It is usually so. a little cheaper. I, I've driven at, for for both as oh, a did brand. You? Yeah, okay. I, I did that for a year when I was unemployed and. It came out to like fourteen dollars an hour, no matter how many rides I gave. Yeah, in here in Houston, right? So every ride was like an hour. Yeah, <laughs> but it came out to like fourteen dollars an hour. Yeah, and I by far made more money driving for Lyft than yeah. I did for Uber. And it's crazy that Uber was the first through the through the door. Yeah, and Lyft is just caught right well, up to it and doing way better. A lot of times, though, you have like the first. You know, there's in business you know, about first mover advantage or second mover advantage. Yeah. A lot of times, the first entrant into a market is is the one that ends up not doing as yep. well because while they're they're the leader to market, then someone else can come in after and and kind of make improve on what they're doing. Yeah. So I mean, you have a lot of because I think I may be wrong, but Microsoft Zune came out like right before the oh, iPod, yeah. but like everybody bought iPods and <laughs> Zune never made it. Yeah. But even I mean. Yeah, with the phone, smartphones, and and what Apple did after seeing BlackBerry, and uh, and and now they're the leader in you know that space. So you have a lot of things that are where second, third mover advantage yeah. makes more sense, especially if someone is not has everything fully flushed out. Yeah. So, but hey. everybody's always fighting to get something to market, and then yeah, so. Hey. Hey, speaking of, you talk about the BlackBerry and then the Apple. Have you seen the movie Steve Jobs with uh, Michael no. Fassbender? You got to watch it because I love. He's confronting Jeff Daniels, who took over and ousted uh, Steve Jobs. He said, "I didn't." And so they had their own BlackBerry, right, with a stylus and everything. Is it, it Tim was, Cook or who took over? No, that was after Steve Jobs passed away. Yeah, but yeah. it was the guy before. He was he was the one who did marketing for Pepsi. Uh, back in the eighties and uh, yeah, in the eighties, and so Steve Jobs hired him, and then that guy took over, and he came out with their BlackBerry. It was called the Newton, and it had a stylus. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a scene in the movie where he goes, "I didn't kill the Newton because it was your project. I killed it because it had a stylus, and be- because it had a stylus, you couldn't use the other five fingers in your hand to point and click on the phone, which thus bred the iPhone. You got to watch it. It's that's, yeah, scene. no, that's yeah. wild. Because so, someone who had Blackberries and Palm Pilots, yeah. I remember when I got the first iPhone, I'm like, where's the stylus? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like yeah. trying to do it. And now, like, even you know, when you go and check out at a store and they have the little thing, if you have to sign it on a credit oh, card, yeah. I'm like doing it with my finger. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm like, I don't want to touch this pen. Yeah. Who, who, yeah. I think everybody does it with their finger now. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, oh, that's close enough. Yeah. But Steve Jobs, Michael Fassbender, go watch it. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's called, is Jobs or whatever. What's th- the name of the movie? I think it's Something called like Steve that? Jobs. Okay. Yeah. I'll send you the link to it. But anyways, um, yeah, I, 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 we were talking about WeWork and, and yeah. the Uber show, uh, which was called. Um, it's called Super Pumped. Super Pumped, right. And I need then, to get Showtime uh, yeah, because there's some Showtime either. Yeah. Billions is on there, which yeah. is really good. We watched watch the first two episodes of Billions and then 
we got rid of Showtime and and my brother and then watched Dexter, the new yep. new Dexter and there's some good stuff on Showtime. I just always forget about it because there's more. There's so much stuff out there. Oh yeah, Jackie's always bra- you know bragging about Homeland, which I think was a, a Showtime yeah, show, yeah. which was really good. I hadn't seen it yet, but there's a really good show. I forget what it's called. It's a documentary about something that takes place in Jennings, Louisiana. Hmm. That was on Showtime that I watched, and uh, there's they have some sneaky good stuff from time to time. Yeah, so we'll have to watch that, but. So yeah, those three shows, right? We're all radical. They talk about these radical changes in in technology, yeah. but how radical is it compared to the light bulb or the iPhone or even a smartphone? Right, taking yeah. back a little further. And I think it's just new ways of <laughs> convenience. When I, I think that's where like you're at the point now in society after the aliens visited and gave us all their technology, <laughs> right? That's <Yeah. No>, it. <laughs> all right, let's cut that out. Um, oh no, we're keeping it. Yeah, yeah let's keep that. Um, but we're at the point in society where a lot of things have been invented. So, like, really, you know, what new – now it seems like everybody's focusing on, like you said, the convenience part. Mm-hmm. How to make everything that we have more convenient or just a little bit better. Yeah. Well, so. yeah, it, it's – I mean, it's crazy. At some point, we're not going to notice it, right? I mean, yeah. what is new about the iPhone? that they've been putting out for the last five years. It's pretty much the same thing, except a better camera and a bigger screen. There's nothing new and radical about the iPhone anymore. The only thing for me, and I hate it, because I had the iPhone 8, and I went from an 8 to a 12 mini, and I love it, except for this little notch up top for no reason where it doesn't show, like when I watch Severance on my phone, you there's stuff behind it. Yeah. Like it doesn't format it. Yeah. We're there. It's it, is like, it, why are don't you I just all the way zoomed in or are you like zoomed out? No, I just don't do anything to it, but there's oh, this okay, little yeah. notch at the top. Oh, you got the 12 mini. Yeah. Yeah. See, I just, and see, we're, we're bragging about it. I just got the iPhone 13 pro max, Holy cow. which is humongous. Right. Yeah, yeah. And if I watch something on it, right. Like the dropout or whatever, it'll show like not full screen. It'll have black bars on the left and right. And I'm oh. like, Oh, okay, whatever. And I'll like go to zoom in and then it gets covered up by the, by the bracket at the top. And yeah. I'm like, well, this sucks. Yeah. yeah I don't understand why they did it. I kind of miss having the little thumb thing at the bottom. Yeah. And then it didn't have a notch at the top. It went to this, like, yep. The full thing, but yeah. Why know. they still have the bezel. I don't know. I supposedly in the next one, it's going to have it again. So it's like, well, what's the point? But anyways, yeah. Yeah. So. My my friend has this, like, I don't know, some phone that, it's an Android that folds out. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen those? It looks, it's cool, because when he folds it out, it's, like, super humongous. Yeah, it's like then, a bigger but screen, then yeah. you see a big crease in the middle of the phone. <laughs> right, right, I noticed right. that. I was, was out to dinner with him. Yeah. And the, I was like, there's a big crease in your phone. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, we get Apple. I mean, I have Apple because I'm old, and it's convenient, and I know how it works. And I used to be a like an HP or Dell person, yeah. or I, I used to have nothing but that, and then I got a Mac, and I am never going back. Yeah, same here. Well, and that's what that's what everything's interconnected: my phone, tablet, MacBook, <laughs> and convenience, convenience, yeah. and that's what and that's what I say. Like, why Android is more open? You can do more stuff, and this computer. I'm like, I don't want to do more stuff. No. Like, yeah. I, there's stuff that I do, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm 44 years old, and <laughs> It's convenient for me. Like, I know where everything is. And if they add something radical, then I'll be like, oh, like, now i got to relearn something, yeah, right. you know, yeah, or learn always something Always keep new. learning, man. Yeah, I love to learn, but, like, 
the phone is, I mean, I mean, I already had to go from Alta Vista to Bing Ooh. to uh, Hot Google. Mail. Yeah. <laughs> to, <laughs> do you remember Yahoo? Like, <laughs> yeah, everybody had Yahoo, man. My email was yahoo.com, and now it's like <laughs> Gmail. And I'm like, Oof. I think everybody's on the Gmail. I don't know. There's some people in the basketball pool that I do. Their emails are AOL and Yahoo. Ooh, and I'm yeah. like, who's still? I didn't know AOL was still alive. Does Apple have me? Like, can you? Is it like? Can you do an Apple email with like dot me at the end? No, but it's. I think it's at iCloud, iCloud or, or something. At now. Apple, something like that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but that's all convenience, man. I mean, yeah. But and, th- and that's what the theme of these shows are: is yeah. someone had an idea to make something more convenient. And while two of the three did it, Theranos and The Dropout, which is the best show of the three. Yep. And I think it's because it's more, it's more like everybody loves seeing like somebody fail in our country. <laughs> like I watch it, I, I'm watching this and I get actually kind of upset that these people just kept, I get kind of a upset like kind of like happy at the same time because they keep swindling all these different people right but they're swindling old white people who are given like a pretty blonde girl money yeah like there's who talks like this yeah (laughs) theranos it's called theranos and and i heard i heard sociopaths are the people who change their voices (laughs) no she's kind of a sociopath in in reality and the thing is, is she is super smart and had a great idea. But when things didn't go her way, people kept throwing money. And yeah, if Elizabeth Holmes is listening, we would love to have her on the podcast. Yeah, Elizabeth, we're in Houston. Yeah. You went to high school here. Your yep. dad worked for Enron. Maybe we do a podcast with her from jail. I think we could do that. I'm pretty sure they have Zoom. Yeah. Yeah, we can. You want me to write her? Definitely. All right. Definitely. If anybody is good at research, get on Alta Vista and see what prison <laughs> she's going to. And um, is it Alta Vista or Alta Vista? I, I've always called it Alta Vista. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Parks and Rec joke, everybody. If, yeah. Uh, yeah. You don't. You're like, what the hell is he talking ben about? Wyatt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why does everybody in this town still use Alta Vista? So two things that always confused him: little little Sebastian <laughs> and Alta Vista. But yeah. Yeah, no, we, maybe we get her on the show. I, I, and, you know, it's funny because we talk about how people get drawn to these certain shows, and I think Dropout by far, I've only seen the trailers for the others, I haven't seen the shows, and you've, from other than what you've told me, but I think people are watching the Dropout because of how loud the, you know, it's fraud fa- was, right? Yeah. You know, Uber's had its issues with, you know, sexual assault and things like yeah. that, and then we work... You know, I don't know much about WeWork, but it hasn't got a lot. So they, you know, they have Anne Hathaway and Jared Leto in it. But it's just whatever is craziest people will start to watch, even though it's a yeah. great show, much like Will Smith slapping the shit out of Chris Rock. It's all people are talking about right now. You think that was real or fake? Oh, it was fake as shit, man. I think so. I, I, I want to believe it's real, but it's fake as shit. Because who slapped somebody like that? And then... And he just walked away, looked cool as a cucumber, and then sat down. Yeah, I was talking with that about somebody today. Like, he could, he should have just. I was my dental hygienist. <laughs> no, no, my ear doctor. I yeah. went to today. Was like, just like, you know, because he was laughing, and then Jada, yeah. Jada was like stared at him, like, "Why are you laughing?" And 
then he walked up there, slapped him, and then said, keep her name out of your fucking mouth. Yeah. And then twice, like, he could have laughed and said, hey, Jade, I got this later. Yeah. And walked backstage and just beat the shit out yeah. of him. If that Oscar's was after the after party. Yeah. yeah, at the after party. Yeah. And like, he he could have beat the shit out of him with his Oscar that he won for Best <laughs> Actor. Yeah. He'd be the first person to get his ass kicked by an Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, is like, Chris Rock has been doing comedy for like 30 years. And yeah. This is what people do. That's what comedians do. They pick on people. Yeah. Like, they roast people. Yeah. And I know it's a serious, you know, she has a condition with alopecia. And, Un- unfortunately. You know. Yeah. So... But, I mean, it's a tough spot to be in because sure. at one thing, he has to defend his wife. On the other hand, there's a time and a place to to do it if it's real. There is I a still time think and it's place. fake. Same time and place as when you're giving your fucking Oscar speech. You could have said, you know, I'm up here doing my thing. I want to be a vessel for love and kindness. Ooh. Unlike Chris Rock, who's making fun of bald people. That's your moment to say yeah. some shit. Yeah. Not during a... Anyways. No. Yeah, I, yeah. I could talk an hour about this. Yeah. And also, don't get on there and say, like, yeah, I'm like... I'm like uh, Richard uh, Williams. Williams, because I've defended my family. Yeah. It's like okay, it made a joke. Yeah, like you slapped a guy open-handed. The, the the joke was in poor taste. We get it. Yeah, comedians do that all the time. Also, okay. Will Smith, if you want to come on the podcast, or Chris Rock for that fact. Yeah, maybe we'll try to get Chris Rock after we get Elizabeth <laughs> Holmes. Um, but I look forward to his new special and Will Smith's next movie because that will all they will be talking about is yeah. hyping that shit up because that's what all of that is about. Yeah. Well. I think what happened was, is like I was seeing tweets from Sean Fennessy and others about how this all they're like watch their Oscars the whole life and they just want to give up on it because the last couple Oscars have been horrible. And then all of a sudden something comes in. All the the tweeters were, this is the worst Oscar ever. And yeah. then all of a sudden the slap heard around the world. Yep. And now it's like, oh, my God, every some of the Oscars. That's why I think it's fake. Yeah. Because it was almost like, hey, we got to do something like, what can, like, I don't, whether it's pre planned or, you know, something had, they needed to do something outlandish to yeah. get people interested. What gets ratings? La La Drama. Land instead of Moonlight in the other Oscars yeah. for Best Picture, or if it's Steve Harvey picking the wrong Miss America, or it's Will Smith. Who it's would reality, never believe would have slapped somebody on TV. Reality TV and drama. They're all actors. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I don't think it was real. Yeah, I, it just seemed like... And even the way it was like... Eh, yeah. The way he slapped them. Yeah. And then turned around and walked away. Now, I would say yeah, Chris Rock... He just Rock, strode off like he was on a runway. Yeah, he strode, but, Chris, but it was funny because I'm like, Chris Rock... He kind of racked and came up and almost like was about to put his hands yeah, up and yeah. like he almost bowed up. Like he like was clenching his fist with the like cord. Yeah, and I was like, like oh shit. And then yeah. he, but then he went into like, what the hell was that? Will Smith yeah. just slapped me? <laughs> Greatest night in television history. <laughs> as soon as he said that, I was like, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. He said that and I was like, nah, man, I'm out. Yeah. Anyway, anyway we can talk. We can talk about that for an hour, man. But, but yeah, so I think Mike's going to continue watching uh yeah, the dropout. Dropout. So if you, nobody's seen it, it's a good, it's a really good show. Um, highly recommended. And, yeah. you know, we'll probably talk about it again next week, especially if you get caught up and yeah, yeah. we watch this week's episode. So, yeah, I'll get caught up this um, weekend and we'll talk about, you know, where the show's headed. And I, I want to watch the documentary, uh, which yeah. is on HBO Max. And, and maybe we can talk a little bit about that because I want to see some of the real 
interviews and stuff that it's she good. does. It's good. She's yeah. just she talks and looks just like a menace read in the in the dropout. It's yeah. oh, it's, it's wild. Good cast. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna take a break. Yep. When we come back. We're gonna talk about episode seven of Severance. What's the episode called? Do you remember? The episode is called Defiant Jazz. Defiant Jazz. And we will be talking about what your uh, music dance experience Ooh, yeah. might be. So, so get ready and think of what you'd want to listen to for your music dance experience. See you in a few. Hey guys, Chuck here again. I want to talk about our sponsor for this episode, These Bites. These Bites make some of the best empanadas that you'll ever have. They're known as an international bite with a Brazilian flair. Check out these bites at thesebites.com. These are the best empanadas you ever have. If you love empanadas, you'll definitely love these. These bites are going to be at a couple of farmers markets coming up in April. You can find them on Saturday, April 9th, 16th, and 23rd at the Tomball Farmers Market from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at 205 Main Street in Tomball, Texas, or Sunday, April 10th, 17th, and 24th at the Galveston's Own Farmer's Market from 9 to 1, located at 28th Street and Market in Galveston. So go see Sherry out at the Farmer's Market and say hi and buy some empanadas. And check them out at www.thesebites.com. And we're back. All right. So we're going to talk about... Who are you? Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> Mark Brandana quits. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's Mark. Mark. That's We're talking Mark about Mark S. S. Yeah. Scout. Heavy Mark S. <laughs> we're, if you don't know, get our jokes. We're talking about Severance, episode seven, called... Defiant Jazz. Defiant Jazz. Yeah. Probably my favorite oh. episode so far. Yeah. Major major events that change the theories that we had. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Blows a lot of them away. It, it, it completely changed the landscape of the show. Opens up more avenues on what's going on, yeah. I think. I think it, for, for me, the first episode was by far my favorite until yeah. this episode. Yeah. Just getting the hook and getting brought into this world. And then now it's a completely different story. I never thought a three-minute walk down a hallway in the first episode yeah. where Mark, just the sequencing of him changing into his any outfit in any car, going down the elevator, seeing the little camera movement to indicate he's going into the severed floor yep. and then him walking to the MDR location and just seeing his demeanor from crying on the outside to smiling on the inside. Yep. That's like perfectly shot TV. And it was and like a single shot. Like yeah. it was just fluid motion. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. And him just like being like, like, he's yeah. like, you know, wiping his nose. Yeah. He's like, huh, weird. And like, like whatever tissue, tissue. Hey, Interesting. Oh, my nose is yeah. you. Oh, wow. And I love that. Cause he's just walking down the hall and he's like, <coughs> he's like coughing. And it's like, <laughs> Oh my god, that could be any one of us just walking down the yeah. hall at work. Yeah, that whole first episode was amazing. And then, I, have we talked about the opening like title sequence? I wanted to bring this up today because yeah. it's the fucking best title sequence I've ever seen. It's amazing. It, I mean, Succession. Oof. Oh, yeah, oh, Succession yeah. and I think this for show. me, Succession. It's the song. Yeah. The song is what swings the Succession. Song. But anyways, the visuals for Severance in the title yeah. sequence is just. 
breathtaking. Yeah. It's it's amazing and like seeing like this like version of Mark drag his shadow, which is peeling off the yeah. ground of this black goo and trying to stuff it back into the trash can, clearly where it came from. And then just seeing like the connection between that and like Irving having these like black goo like yeah. nightmares at work. Just unbelievable. It, and then when he like his like two selves are in the bed and then it like they like merge into one. I was like, whoa, like, holy, sh-. like, yeah, it was awesome. And I just picked up in the last watching it. There's a needle that comes down and they mm. all go up into the needle. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking, what is that indicative of, you know, now I'm trying to relate it to, <laughs> yeah. okay, I know the goo it's reference Irving goo, right? Mark in the bed, like Mark, like there's some, Some possibilities of, you know, depending on what you think is going to happen, that right. it's really a battle, going to be a battle of the any and Audi and mm-hmm. who's going to take over full time. Yeah. And that, and I was also stewing on a question this week. You know, we had Carol who retired or left. Yep. Bert's leaving. Yeah. We never met Carol, but she yeah. was the refiner before, was it... Maybe it was Petey, or I don't know. He was, didn't mention what sequence that Carol. Yeah, Carol they didn't D say whose replacement Carol yeah. D's was. Yeah, and so, but what happened? Say like a Bert Bert G. Yep, he's severed. Yeah. So when he his any dies, when his any dies, when he leaves, yeah, supposedly when he retires, when he yeah. retires, they don't remove the chip because mm. there's no. Well, supposedly there's no reintegration, right? But right. that's what... Now, we know it can be reintegrated because of PD, and we learn more from uh, Ragabi in this episode that yep. she's the only one. Ragabi's the one that Mark meets at the end of uh, episode six at the college, at Gans College, where he used to work at. And this episode starts out with Mark asking, who are you? Oh, yeah. And who are you? Like perfectly referencing back to episode one and that we referred back to episode one already yeah but the first the opening sequence of the show this episode is who are you and then it goes silence or something and then he says who are you like, yeah it literally word for word heli's opening scene on the table yeah it's like yeah they did like recap from last week and yeah. then it was like him meeting Ragabi, and he's like who are you and then boom right into the title sequence right with yeah. the with the animation and all of that and then they come back to it and he repeats it again yeah. and it's like it's such a great callback to the first episode, and like, like I think you were telling me off off the air, like his like Audi, yeah, is like being introduced to this world, or what? Yeah. you say, yeah, his Audi is being awakened, yeah. and just like he was awakened, and the innies are awakened on the table, and now his Audi, because now he start, he's gonna have to question. You know, she mentions to him, "Do you know that's what your innie wants?" You know, because he's he's making decisions for now this other personality of him that's down in the severed floor Mm -hmm. and doesn't know. And so that makes him question what's going on, um, down there. But we, um, just going back to the thing about the reintegration, you know, we learned PD that reintegration is possible. And we learned from Ragabi that, She's basically the only one that can, or she says she's the only one that can do it, and it would have worked. People wouldn't have died if she would have listened to him. Yeah, her post-op instructions, yeah. right? Yeah. And we learned that she's the person that 
the doctor that injected that puts it in him. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think she, or maybe did she do Helly? I need to go back and look and see if that's her. And it looks like her. I think it is her. Yeah, yeah it's a good question. I I didn't go back and look yeah. at the operation that Helly had, but because you saw. Um, Milchek, right, yeah. was in the room during the yeah. operation. But, yeah, I didn't know who the other person was, but I'm thinking now. I think the person Rigabi. doing the needle was Rigabi. Yeah. Um, but so with the whole reintegration, so anybody that's like Bertji, does, and as we learned from last episode, they awake, awoken uh, Dylan at home. Yeah. So do they use then when these people retire? Are they kind of like sleeper assassins or something? Ooh. Like, what do they use? Because like, they can turn them on yeah. at any time. Because Petey was the first time they pulled out, or somebody pulled out a... Well, they didn't... Actually, no, they didn't pull it out. Ragabi was turning it off, so... Yeah, she just turned it off, yeah. Yeah, so do they tell him that, all right, we shut it down, you'll just have no memory? Mm-hmm. So I guess that could be a possibility. They just shut it, okay, we won't turn you back on well they don't know like dylan's the first one that learns about the overtime <laughs> protocol yeah. in this o- episode otc overtime contingency yeah, overtime yeah. contingency yeah so they don't know they could be severed at will and used for whatever activities because just reading the lumen letters that was out on did you read that i've read i've, I've read the first half of it yeah uh, uh, the lexington letter the lexington letter yeah yeah i've read the first half of it yeah she i don't know if the second half you see that the peggy k or whatever the lady's yeah, name her is yeah topeka kansas so yeah, now yeah. you learn that this lumen is not just in oh yeah it's a global conglomerate of so potentially severed people know what i'm talking about there's uh, Apple released on Apple Books the Lexington letter, and it's a, it's a, Peggy somebody. It's like uh, canon, like it's like a canon story that they've yeah. added in addition to the show. She's getting notes from her innie and basically writes letters to a Topeka newspaper in Kansas where she works, and she was a bus driver. Yeah, that got in trouble driving a bus and ran into the ditch. Yeah. And that was her um, her trauma. Yeah. And yeah, she was like, screw this job. I don't need this yeah, job. And they, and then, she got a job at Lumen on yeah. the severed floor. And basically, her summation was is that what she was doing with the numbers set, a, set off a bomb to blow up. Did you not read through no, this? No, but you can tell me. No, go for it. Yeah, yeah it was uh, yeah. basically her innie left at 2.30 that day and at 2:32 a bomb blew up uh, a rival company of lumens like van outside a building or something. Whoa. Yeah. Jeez. So that's what you're saying when they're doing the numbers too is it are they activating that's the thing are yeah. they you know are they, the are file, they blowing up squ- yeah is it, the file it, people's names. Yeah. You know Dylan made the reference of queen in the sea and blowing up eels <laughs> and shit. Eels. But is the file are they Getting these people to a balance of the four mm. uh, tenor, yeah, the four tempers, tempers, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, they're already out, already outed, severed employees, and then they, when they finish a file, it activates them to do something. Interesting. You know? So yeah. I don't know. There's that's one of my theories. There's another theory I have, like about the mind blowing thing that happens at the end. Yeah, but, yeah. But you know, it's still, I wonder if we'll find out. 
at the end of the season what they're doing down there. That's a good point because it has been renewed for a second season. I'd love to see Peggy K, Peggy, whatever her name, right, in introduced into the second season, it, not even directly, but maybe indirectly. Season two. Adam Scott gets transferred to Topeka, Kansas oh, to yeah. take Peggy, Peggy's spot. Yes. <laughs> An MDR. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he takes over the O&D. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like that. And so, right, we saw Ragabi talking to Mark and how she mentions, you know, it was a really emotionally convenient thing for him to do is sever, considering his wife's death. And I'm wondering if that's pretty common for most of the people who have been severed. We've theorized that before. Um, but then... You know, she also mentions that he's only been working for Lumen on the severed floor for like two years, which still makes him an infant. And it's like, oh, my gosh, then how long has Bert been doing it? And how long is Irvin? Well, Bert said seven years. Was it seven yeah, years? Yeah, yeah, I couldn't remember what they said. And we'll get to, you know, they, <laughs> his retirement, his retirement party. Yeah. Um, it, so, you know, it's still pretty new. And we talked about how, like, infantile all of the reinforcing things that um, Milchik does with the rolling the ball game and the trust fall exercises and shit. Like all of it is very infantile to get them to buy into like the Lumen belief system. But we see Mark talking to her in this basement about she does the surgeries and, you know, Mark basically accuses her of killing Petey and she's like, I didn't kill him. Or, you know, uh, uh, reintegration didn't, he didn't follow my instructions, but yeah, no, no, that's it. Go ahead. Yeah. And so, and that's when it's, the show takes a really great turn. I mean, from the from the opening of the show, from this episode, it, it takes this turn where he's talking to Ragabi in this basement, and it's like two, like the doorway and then the hallway. Yeah. And Marcus right in the middle. The visual of that, yeah. and that's the first thing I noticed. And the first time I watched it was on my phone, so yeah. I didn't pick up everything. And the second time I watched it on the big screen at the house. Yeah. And I just, and it, I didn't have my phone. I was just wholly attuned to what was going on and i just see that and it's like hey mark who are you talking to yeah and you just see uh grainer on one side ragavi on the other and mark's like looking over at like ragavi yeah. he's like uh yeah uh, you having a conversation with someone mark yeah, yeah. and then ragavi off the top rope with a baseball bat yeah. swinging for the fences yeah 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 and he's like no it's cool we work together. I'm a friend. And you know, Ragavi's just over there like, bullshit. And she just comes in swinging, cracks his melon, and down he goes. And I love Mark's reaction, right? Because it's his Audi, right? He has, like, no idea about anything that's going on, so he has no justification for it. He's like, oh, my God, what are you doing? He, like, legit has a freak out and is about to throw up. Yeah, and she says, don't, don't, don't. The, there's That's your DNA. And I'm wondering, like, you know, from watching crime podcasts, is right. that just a thing of like, hey, don't leave your DNA at the scene, go home and get rid of your clothes, or can Lumen do some of their DNA? But they already, ha- they already pretty much have his DNA. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They can get it <laughs> anyway. At any point. I mean, yeah. they could just get it at any point from the any. Yeah. Um, no, they so, could get it from the Audi, and he'd never know it, right? Yeah, yeah. But the uh, Miss Selvig could be getting it from his trash. Yeah, I mean, which we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But yeah, <laughs> like I, dandruff coming down <laughs> out of the sky or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah I, I thought it was pretty interesting that she was like, "Don't throw up; it's got your DNA in it." And I think it, I think it does have to do with like a criminal. You know, don't get your DNA on the body. Yeah, it makes it, sense. I think I was just thinking too much into it. Like, oh my god, like are they gonna but, take his DNA and then create something? Create a you know, 
another a clone Mark. of yeah, Mark. Right? Like, but I think that's the great part about the show is we don't know all that Lumen can do. Yeah. We know they can sever. Yeah. Right? We don't know. We, they do topical salves. Right and oh, apparently they can heal surgical Im- implants into your brain. Yeah, within two hours. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to drill right into your skull, and you're just going to go have your first orientation. Yeah, it blows my mind. But um, you're at an orientation. <laughs> I know it feels disorienting, but you're <laughs> at an orientation. I love that. And then yeah, then you know Marco's home. We see him throw up in the alley. Um, yeah. on the way out, so yeah. there blows that whole plan. And, and she, she gives before he leaves, she gives him oh, uh, Grainer's security card. Yeah, yeah, all access. Yes. So yeah, low key another great moment later on with that. Yep. Um, when his Indy Indy finds out about it, but he goes home and um, the doula, the yeah, doula is still there. Yeah, but he he goes in, changes, throws everything in a trash bag. Yep. In his kitchen, and doula comes out and is like, "Where you been?" And he's like, oh, I just came down. I want some water. And then, you know, she. She's she, like, thought I, heard, thought I heard the car, yeah. you, know, you know, drive off. And he's like, a car? Yeah, I must have been dreaming. I don't <laughs> I, I hear yeah, a car. I've been awake for an hour. Yeah. I know what's going on. Boom. Alibi gone. Yeah. His alibi now, which we don't know if the doula is working for Lumen or not. That's, That's just a theory that I got. I, I'm in the same boat because why did she come back around? What is her motivation in this? Is yep. she just broken too, or she's looking for companionship, or is she working with Lumen? Um, we don't know. So I, I think it's those. It's those two options. She's either broken and looking for a relationship, yeah. or she's working for Lumen because this guy on their first date got hammered and then accosted <laughs> like twelve, fifteen. I'm not gonna say twelve years, fifteen year olds in a courtyard, right? Over yeah. saying severed is bad, and then after one sober night together, she's like, "I'm going home with this guy." Yeah, Th- after this is going to see like. Uh, a punk band in yeah. the alleyway yeah, that's daughters. like fuck you Lumen and <laughs> that was amazing yeah. yeah so yeah she has some issues yep um, but then you know and I guess you never know in your situation but I think I watched enough Dateline that I wouldn't just throw my clothes from moving a dead body into my trash can in my front yard no um, especially when your neighbor is Miss Selfig, who's yeah. your boss. Even if you don't know that even she's you your boss, know. she's like nosy as shit. Yeah. So like even like he's like early in the morning, he goes out there and puts it in the trash can. All right. Yeah, in daylight. Ro- rookie mistake. Okay. You put Leave that shit DNA in the back the of your scene. car, you drive to the 7-Eleven, you throw it in their dumpster. That's what you do. <laughs> you live in the middle of the fucking woods. Like, <laughs> burn go it. out... Burn, bury that shit, burn it. Petey's hideout at that greenhouse or whatever. You go right all over there. No doubt he has a burn barrel. You just throw it yeah. in there. Yeah, Done. he had to stay warm. He's living yeah. outside. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nitpick. Anyways. Um, yeah, so his alibi's gone. He dumped the clothes in the in the, in the the trash can out front, right? Which, come on. It, so, Cobble sees, right? Miss Selva, Cobble sees. And she's like, oh, how strange. You usually throw your trash out in the uh, early afternoon. And it's just like, get a life, lady. But obviously, she's working for Lumen. But anyways, um... And so then that takes us back to Lumen. And Mr. Milchick is checking his security updates, right? So they've been roaming the halls a little too easily. And so now Cobalt's got them installing security pass elevator did, doors. <laughs> did you notice? So I'm going to have to rewatch, but I think when I was watching that he did each of those, I think he did three things six times each. Yeah. Is that six, six, six? It was, ooh, <laughs> probably. He did six. I noticed, I read somewhere about that. I noticed he did like 
the he did the, door. the MDR six times, and he did the elevator six times. I'm trying to think if he did something else. Interesting. But yeah, so but anyway, yeah, so he's they beefed it. He's taken it upon himself to be no. They were already playing the security increase, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Kobol playing that. Yep, yeah, she's had enough of them. Grainer so. talked about it. Yeah, and, and Milicic's testing it out, and then. Oh, and he finds uh, Dylan's uh, stash of the infographic card that I love. Bert calls it the 7099C infographic <laughs> card. Uh, Oscar, I think he said, uh, no, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was like, oh, so-and-so is going to be happy about that. I love that these infographics have ridiculous corporate. Well, even, did this happen before that where he, Milichick's talking to Bert, and he's like, is it almost ready? Where yeah, he goes, that's where he gets the card from under the under yeah. the toilet, and he takes it to Bert, and yeah. Bert, he's like, here you go, Bert. And he's like, oh, thank God. And he's like, is it almost ready? And he's like... Yep. Yeah, well, who's that in the painting that they're touching up? Oh, that was, I think that was, uh, uh, it's the new, I think it's James Keir, oh, okay. the new CEO. I think it's a, a, a portrait of him because it didn't look like uh, Keir. Yeah, it, it didn't look, look like an young. older, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it didn't look like the old school yeah. Keirs in the perpetuity way. Right. But yeah, so then we have Dylan come first one down, right? Yeah, interesting because Mark is supposed to be the first one down. Yeah, Mark's usually the first one down. So yeah, why he's, is... he's the supervisor, so he should well, be. Well, Mark got <laughs> laid and murdered somebody, so he's had a rough. Well, night. he didn't murder anybody, no. but he helped. He he's dra- a drug his accomplice. ass off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, get his arms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Dylan gets there first, and surprising because Mark is usually supposed to vacuum the floor for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> put the <it> coffee. <laughs> yeah, get the coffee. Put the soap in the soap dispenser. Why isn't there a label on the soap? <laughs> God, <laughs> I. Irving, amazing. That master class. So good. This episode. Which I need to send you a link. He talks about his, like, um, career highlights. uh, John Turturro does, and he does, like, everything from when he first started all the way through the latest Batman. It's amazing. Him talking about his career. Talks about the Jesus. Yeah. (sighs) It's so good, yeah. Anyway. um, So, yeah, Dylan gets there first, and uh, uh, Milchick is walking him over to their new area. You know, slides him in, and then Dylan's like, was that my kid? Yeah, he's ba- he's basically like what he's the fuck freaked happened? out, yeah. right? Like, yeah, he's he woke, woke him up at home. Yeah, and so it's not like I don't, I don't understand what is important with that card. Is it just because it's contraband that he has to wake Dylan up at home, where he couldn't confront? I guess because if he took it out for some reason and sold it or gave it to somebody, it could ruin something. But he could just basically put Dylan in the break room the next morning and get that card. Yeah. Or like, oh, I took it home and I did this. I mean, he hit it behind a toilet, but it could have been solved without breaking the, without using the, uh, yeah, the OTC. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's, uh, there's, there could have been a lot before they got to that. Like if somebody were missing, you use OTC, but you got an infographic card that's missing. I think you just do a, you take you take you and Grainer and you do a you do top to bottom search of the entire office, their office, the break room, the, yeah. you know their their break area, and then the bathroom. And then obviously, like um, Dylan knows Milchek as an Audi, you know because yeah. Milchek gives him a son and he's like, "Are we done here?" Yeah, like he good? knows him. Yeah, he could come to him and said, "Hey, your any took this card. Yeah. Did you find something in your pocket? Right. Did you know?" Well, that's a good point. You know, I mean, but again, it's in a panic situation. Yeah, and how did he even know it was gone? I think they, I think he said he, they saw him take it on camera. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, when they were down in O and D. But I love how it's him and. 
potentially Grainer are the ones that are like running the OTC process. Yeah. And like he like didn't tell Cobalt that he was doing this. He was like, it's just our little Yeah, secret. that leads to, you know, some things later we talk but about, but was it Grainer that was running it in the security room? Grainer was hunting down Mark and uh, Ragabi. Was it Grainer in the security room helping out uh, Milchik? I don't know. Yeah, who turned All the knob? All you saw was the hand. You well, didn't we... see who it was. Oh, I, I didn't even. Think. He, he picked up the phone. He said, "Close it." And then you see, like, it's like a quick shot. Boom! They switch the, the switch off, and you don't see who it was. Grainer's like hunting down Mark. Is it Miss Casey? Is it Bert? Is it? Well, Bert is it, would is go it home, somebody but... we don't know yet. Yeah, the yeah. Goat Man. Yeah. <laughs> Is a goat. They're not ready you yet. See, you see a little goat hand. Yeah, the goats aren't ready because the goats control the uh, OTC. The OTC process. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, no, Dylan's like, was that my kid? Like, he's freaking out because now he knows just a 10-second bit of what his life is on the outside. Yep. And now he has this knowledge, right? So. Oh, you've planted the seed. Yeah. It's like Inception. It's going to drive him crazy. Yeah. I mean, you can see he's like already like yeah. upset about it. And that, you know, then after Dylan, we have uh, the show Irving coming down or is it Mark that's next? Yeah, Mark's next. Um, he, you know, he's uh, checking into the building and he goes yeah. to change his clothes and he's like, got the key card. And he's like, oh, let me just put it in my pocket. And you know, he's like looking at the security guard like out of the corner of his eye. And then he goes downstairs and he's back by Milchek. Yeah. And it's like, am I going to the break room? <laughs> like, basically, yeah, he's like, oh, dude. He's like, no, we're just going to your desk. Like, how you doing this morning, bud? Yep. Like, Milchek's like, all right, I fucked up Dylan, and I've got to try to make everybody happy today because I activated this protocol, yeah. and I've got to deal with fallout of what happened yesterday. And and then we get in there, and I think Irving and Helly come in, and then we got one of the coolest scenes in a show we see milichick come in with a white turtleneck went from oh, yeah. suit and tie white. 70s office to like 70s white turtleneck with his like black lanyard like yeah he's got his like his key card i think on his lanyard right yeah and helly's reached 75 percent, which really 73 percent. but interesting irving or no <laughs> Milichek felt they needed a little frivolity yeah. for the day because of all the shit that happened yesterday. Yep. And so they introduced the music dance experience, the MDE, which is a 70, when a refiner gets a 75% down on a final, they get, was it a five minute? Uh, I think it's like a five minute music experience. Yeah. So Howie's like, huh? oh, wow, this is cool. Like yeah. you see here do a dramatic just even in that moment, just do this like, oh, wow, like, look at this little five-minute reward that oh, I get. G- yeah. It, guess what, guys? You're now locked in this room, but look over here. Yeah. I've got a maraca. Well, no, what's cool is like, so it, uh, I'll let you dance on this one, but where they basically said you get one one theme and one instrument. <laughs> yeah. So she hands a card and you got the card handy what the what the music choices were? Yeah, so the musical dance experience choices are body funk, bouncy swing, buoyant reggae, defiant jazz, effusive ska, exalted choral, exciting rap, hootin' tootin' country. <laughs> <laughs> That's you all over I got you all over that one. Lofty orchestral, 
Maximized Rhythms, Playful Punk, Reckless Disco, which I think is my number two, <laughs> uh, Spooky Ambient, Tearful Emo, Thoughtful Grunge, Wholesome Big Band, and Wistful Pipes. <laughs> My number. What would you? What would you choose? So we know Helly chooses Defiant Jazz. That's the name of the episode. Yeah. What would you choose out of that? I Wh- think one and two. One and two. Uh, I think I'd go buoyant reggae. I'd love to hear that. Yaman. Yeah, yeah. Just it's. Oh, I'd love it's to like, hear that in that it's office. It's like aquatic theme reggae. <laughs> like I don't know what yeah. like buoyant reggae. Yeah, and then I think my number two would be Reckless Disco. I just want to hear both of those in that office and just see, see Milchick dance to both of them. I'm so like I'm not even thinking like fantasy world. Like yeah. I'm thinking like oh Yourself, I want yeah. I want thoughtful grunge because that's what mostly I listen to. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm like Nirvana thoughtful grunge because right. it's and then uh, exciting rap. So like my two favorite genres of music. That's what I would choose. But I would love to hear like the. What is it? Effusive, yeah, effusive ska. Effusive ska yeah. and the thoughtful, or no, uh, <laughs> yeah. the emo, the tearful emo. Yeah, tearful emo, yeah. yeah. Like, Which I saw an inter- like somebody interviewed like uh, Adam Scott about like the musical dance experience, and he was like, oh, I absolutely would take effusive ska. <laughs> <laughs> now playing the Brian Seltzer Orchestra. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to see thoughtful, uh, yeah, thoughtful grunge on the show because I want to see Milchick. Like pretend to have oh. long hair and he ha- just play. He has like a an flannel shirt on yeah. and, and or flannel jacket <laughs> and he's like he's yeah. playing like just instrumental to come as you are by Nirvana. Yes. yes. And or like just all rape me. Guitar. Like yeah. in succession when they played Rape <laughs> Me. Oh, that was a great scene. Yeah. Oh. I lost it that one. Yeah, so you know, and then she chooses the instrument in the instrument and he's like she goes she picks up the maraca and Trammell Tillman, Milicic's like, Maracas. You chose the Maraca. And Irving said, Oh, you should have went with the castanets. <laughs> like, yeah. dude, the acting, and we're not, that wasn't even Irving's, like, Irving blows every uh, out of the water in this yeah. episode later on. Trammell Tillman is amazing. He has, like, three credits to his acting name. By all of his stock right now. M- Mr. Milicic, Trammell Tillman. I'll watch anything he's in. He's amazing. As we go through the dance experience and we're listening to um, Defiant Jazz and you see he clicks a button, the colors on the ceiling start to appear. Um, Even Helly's like, hey, I can vibe with this. She's shaking the maracas. Trammell's like, Doing some badass dancing around everybody, snap his fingers, you know, and, and like bobbing his head back and forth. Yeah. And Helly's into it. Mark starts getting into it. Irving is like, who's like a good dancer and a popular guy on the outside. Yeah, looks the most awkward, but he's yeah. starting to get into it. Is he a little foot tapping? Yeah. yeah, and just awkward white people dancing all around, except for Trammell Tillman, who's just yeah. killing it. Yeah, and then Dylan's sitting at his desk. He's he can't, you know, he's the one that usually gets excited for these menial rewards, right? Yeah. He's motivated by the incentive. Yeah, exactly. And so, but he's staring at the number. Like, his brain is broken. Oh, like, yeah. he can't, he cannot unsee seeing his kid. Yep. Like, the parental instinct is now his motivation, right? So, he can't, he's just plugging away at numbers and he's and 
just the like 20 seconds of Milicic dancing behind Dylan and yeah, he gets like right up in his like yes. right in his like and the and all right the lights neck. all the lights are now red. Yeah. Like it's like it's bumping. We're 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 pulp fiction where John Travolta says don't get me in the fucking red, right? Or like <laughs> yeah. like don't rev something about like when I'm the red, you know. And and then he turns around and attacks Milicic and bites him. Bites him. Yeah, in Child, like the shoulder. Yeah, childlike instinct. He's like, "Oh, you broke the skin." Like, this is a child reaction because they're all two, three, four years old. Yeah, you know, even though their Audis are full-grown adults, the Innies have been there three, you know, in existence for a short time. Yeah. So they're like, you know, when when you have a little kid and they're learning, you know. You learn so much in the first like five years of your life, right? Yeah. And and so they're just like they're just moving to the dance, they're getting stimulated by the lights. Exactly. And so it but like Dylan just can't process it because he doesn't have the mental capacity to process what's going on and why he was woken up on the outside and and then great Milicek says, I'm going to go tell Miss Coble. And Dylan's like, what did he say? He's like, yeah, you want to go see her together? Yeah. And Belichick's like, uh... It just, like, walks out. I'll be out. back. Yeah. And he just yeah. pieces out. His, his musical dance experience card is oh, just shattered. No. The musical dance experience is officially canceled. <laughs> yeah. And then he leaves. Yeah. You're like... <laughs> He's so locked into his work persona. It's so good. But uh, I have a question for you about that. Um, man, that white turtleneck. I mean, it's ruined, dude. It's got blood all over it. You think he's got a closet full of those? Did you watch Free Guy? Yeah. So, like, where Ryan Reynolds has, like, a closet and everything is blue ca- <laughs> blue shirt and khakis. khakis? I'm just picturing that he's got... I think it's just his... I don't... His Audi, unless he's severed all the time, but I would imagine his little work um, dressing room is just... White turtlenecks and white and suit. Well, I mean, he has to have clothing clothing downstairs in an office. Yeah. So, it's well, a it's the same car suit and the white turtleneck. Well, like they said, like you know, I think PD alluded to, like some people live there. I think Milchik lives there. I think Milchik and Grainer live there, but they go into the outside world yeah, to take sure. care of business. Yeah, like we've seen. Yeah, or so, they have houses in the neighborhoods that they live in, mm, but yeah. they don't always are there. But they're yeah. there sometimes. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it. Plates out. Yeah. So I think he's got a closet full of black slacks, black shoes, white short sleeve uh, uh, button up shirts, and just nothing but white turtlenecks. Like, yeah. I think that's what he's got. He's got probably one blazer. But anyways, and, I thought that was pretty funny. During the dance, Mark finds a card in his pocket. Yeah. And Mark, he's like, what is this? Greater well, security key card. So he brings it after the the MDE ends and they go in the closet, right, or supply closet, and they start talking. And Dylan says, hey, they can wake you up at home. And that... That just opens everybody's mind there. Oh, yeah. Mind's blown. Yep. And Mark says, hey, I got this card. And they're like, that's Grainer's security card. Which, like, how they know it's Grainer. I yeah. mean, I know. They've, well, they've probably seen it. Color-coded. And he's yeah. the only one that's got one that's, like, all black yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. And and so they're like, let's go. And Dylan's like, are you stupid? They're gonna, we're going to go to the place where all the security all guards are. All the security guards are at? Yeah. And how he's like, I've only seen Grainer. And, but it ends up, you know, 
Irving's like, I'll go. And yeah. You're like, mm, yeah. Okay. Because yeah, earlier he was like, one, he was itching to get out to go see yeah. her. And they were yeah. like, what are you crazy? Yeah. Like, we're locked in here. And yeah, so now, yeah. So Mark, Mark Kelly, Kelly and Irving are, are busting out and they're going to the security room. They get us funny. Irving just like, bye guys, I gotta go. I'm gonna go see if Bert's okay. And he just pieces out down the hall. Yeah, as soon as they get out the door, he's gone. And so um, Mark and Kelly head for the security room, right? And of course, they get in there, right? And there's nobody there. Grainer's not there. There's nobody. There's not a team of security guards or anything. Um, and then they see in the thing, Miss Coble's coming down the elevator, right? So yeah. on the screen it says Coble, and it yeah. shows the camera and it shows her descending. So Ooh. she's in a different elevator, right? Mm-hmm. So is there an elevator just for like management or like either full time severed or non severed? Is she severed? Because we know it has to be, but we know that like they can activate it in different ways. So, is it the when they go down a certain elevator that makes them severed? But they go out the stairwell and come back, you know, and they become unsevered and go back in, you know. So I don't know. That's I think I think for those that are severed, I think it's like um, they can set a range, yeah, right, kind of like a you know wireless dog collar thing that yeah. can go off the you know front front porch or whatever but um but this leads us into where we find out what the when they woke up dylan uh yeah. in the security room they find the they manual. find that manual and yep. they see the uh what is it called otc it's what the over- overtime contingency plan yeah yeah where they can wake them at home and how he takes it out and puts it in their pocket i don't know how they're gonna get that out to their audis because they can they have the code detectors um, in the Lexington letters, yeah. Peggy's Innie is like writing letters to her Audi in a in, picture I, language that her and her sister had invented. Yeah. So I, I did read that in the letters and I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I would think that anything they're sneaking out. I mean, if Helly you know, can't, can write, let me out in split letters across her arms. Yeah. Then how do you have the, yeah? Then how can that get out? Yeah, yeah. So I thought maybe was, Mark yeah. was just like saying, "Hey, they'll detect that and being an ass with it." And she's like, "Okay, but how do we know that thing is that the code detectors are real?" Yeah, they could just see them on camera, or listen exactly. to them talking about it. That's how Helly got stopped, right? Because she wrote that note, and Mark was like, "Oh my god, no!" and was like chasing her. And Grainer obviously sitting in the yeah. security room, like, "Oh shit!" And he like shuts it down, which let's hope the security room is right down from the elevators. But yeah. Yeah, how do we know that that's real? We haven't yeah. seen it. Tr- that's as close as we've gotten to it being truthful. Yeah. But I don't know that that is enough truth for us to buy into. Yeah. Just like the security office. But anyways. Um, and then we see what Irving goes over to Bert's retirement. Or Irving yeah. goes see Bert and we find out. It's his retirement party, right? And there's like a banner and there's nothing but a bunch of like melon. And it's, it's a great party. Everybody's having a good time. And... Then Milchick is like, oh, and I see everybody from O&D and one refiner. Hmm, interesting. And so he sticks around, and they play Bert's going away video, his retirement video. And he's like, I've never met you. Of course, in, like, the greatest Christopher Walken, like, you know. Uh, I I never met you. I can't do do an (laughs) imitation. Sorry for trying, everybody. Go ahead. It's kind of a thing. Yeah. You know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and he's explaining how, you know, it's always been great to work with you, even though I've never met you. And, you know, I think it's some part of my brain. I'll always remember you, even though I won't. And it's just, it's off the wall, ridiculous 
speech, and then as soon as it's done, people start clapping, and Irving just loses it. And he's just, what, what does he say? Uh, he's like, you're all just going to let this man die? Yeah, and that's the thing. Irving's, now that he's tapped into this emotion of love, he realizes that once the any is gone, it's basically dead, right? At least to the other innies that have met him. I mean, he could be reactivated sleeper cell on the outside. Yeah. But, yeah, Irving is not happy because all these other people don't realize what's going to happen. And they've had, like, this relationship yeah. starting to blossom, and I love it because, like, Irving is a believer. He's, like, yeah. all about Kier, and he's like, is this punishment for, for defying Kier? Yeah. Like, the beliefs of Kier for them, like, being romantic, you know, starting to be romantic and great to see like each person struggles you know dylan struggling with the incentive bullshit and irving is now struggling with the belief system um and then i think that's when when uh milchick is like it'll happen to you you'll retire one day yeah and irving's like you smug motherfucker that hit that line and john saturo saying it And his John Turturro voice, he turns into John Turturro. Yeah. You smug motherfucker. Right. Like, he's, yeah. he turns into a New Yorker, it's like, so real good. quick. And, yeah. He I'm owns like, this episode. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's, st- what was a super great episode, everybody was yeah. batting a thousand. Sure. And he just, because his, like, his companion, his love, his... Like what he pines for, like he's itching to go down. Like he cared about what's happening to Bert, and he wants to go and spend like every day with. Him. He hasn't touched his computer in like two episodes. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody's actually working anymore. No, only Dylan is because he doesn't <laughs> yeah. want to. Yeah. He doesn't know anything else. Well, and he doesn't. Well, he's now he's battling with the emotion of I have a kid at home, and he's like, all right, if I just stare at these numbers and just sit in a computer and fence these numbers, I can not think about it until, yeah. like, you know, in the dance party when it just, like, he can't take it anymore. And now it's it, all about, right, in their Audi world, they were chasing something. They were they were running from something. And now every any is running from something. Yeah. It's an amazing flip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and they're on, a, they're on a path to discovery now. Yeah. They've had that seed planted, and they're running to get out and yeah. live in the other world where their Audis are. Yeah. And the Audis are looking to escape the the real world and the any. So we're going to have a battle of any and Audi at some point. Oh, for sure. It, it'll be a civil war. Yeah. Um, and then so that, you know, he pops off, you smug motherfucker, right? And then Milchik is like, you should probably leave. And, and Bert is like, no, no, he won't say anything else. Just let him stay. And they... Get, you know, start shaking everybody's, you know, shaking Bert's hand. And I love it because they have a Bert's uh, any retirement party chosen uh, song chosen by Bert. And I don't I we had the subtitles on the other day when we were watching it and uh, they turned on the song. I don't know if you caught it, but do you know who sang that song? No. Paul Anka. Oh, no who, way. Who opened for Smokey Robinson in the office. Oh, <laughs> Paul Deep Anka. <laughs> yeah. They're making the smoke so, man yeah. play with Paul Anka? Oh, uh, they go. <laughs> this is like, like, tickets or what? Smokey wouldn't have wanted it this way. What's what's parking like? $40? Yeah. Smokey, <laughs> Smokey wouldn't have wanted this. Want this. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I, I thought that was, I couldn't believe it was Paul Anka that 
sang that song. It was a good song. Yeah. For a retirement party with this kind of weird tone to it. But Yeah, and they walk with then he shakes Bert's hand, they have yep. like a little moment, and it's kind of a sad moment because it's like what was evolving and now it's like here's a handshake. I summer mean, love. Yeah. yeah. It's that summer love, summer. man. Go down to the shore yeah. for the summer and then you gotta go back back home. Yep. And you always think about the girl you met, you know, down at the beach. Yep. So, so Bert's being shipped off, and uh, Irving gets escorted back to MDR by Milchick, right? And I love that, you know, he badges him in, and he walks in, and they're all like, oh, my God, Bert, or Irving, yeah. where have you been? Like, playing it off, because they, they, they you know, all made it back before yeah. Kobol or, or Milchick could find him. And then I think that's the second greatest line of this episode is, He's like, are you okay? And what what, is it, what does Irving say to him? He says, let's burn this thing to the ground. Like, at first I thought he said, motherfucker, again. I was really hoping but he would say I know, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, but he said, let's burn it to the ground. Oh, yeah. And it's like, all right, it's on now. Everything's about to pop off. They've lost the believer. They've lost the incentive worker. Helly's always been a rebel. And now Mark is like, he's he's swinging that way. You know, he's going to be the ringleader. But, yeah, and in, in my mind, when he was like, let's burn this place to the ground. In my, I was like, I, I don't know if I said it out loud. I was like, hell yeah. Yeah, I jumped <laughs> up, like, out of my seat, like, All I think fist pumped. Was, was succession was Ken walking up the steps going, fuck the patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, Ken, do you know what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so I think we missed one step that's going to be a big, big play I think in the, before the end of the season I, it's going to be awesome is that when Koble gets back to Lumen and downstairs in the basement she's confronted with that secretary who's like the voice of the board oh yeah and she's like uh, uh, Grainer's been found dead did you know that he was missing which amazing that they already knew that he yeah. was dead and found right yeah Rigabi did a horrible job of hiding Amateur the body hour over which there. maybe she Intended not to hide the body so yeah. well, so they would find it. But anyways, um, so she like basically gets up in like the secretary's face and tells him like, uh, uh, reintegration is real. Yeah, reintegration is possible. I have the proof. I want to see the board in person. Name a name a time and place. And like the look on the secretary's face is like she just had the life drained out. She's of her. trembling. Yeah, like I rewatched it when I rewatched it on the big screen. You can see her shaking. Yeah. Is she shaking because of what the board is telling her or what, what Koble's telling her? Well, I think is a part of realization, like, okay, my whole job is now mute. Obsolete. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's slobbed. Yeah. Slow moving and obsolete. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then it was interesting because it took me to the third time to watch it to get the next part where they said the board will rest, uh, the board will see you at the uh, Egan family yeah. gathering and uh, there'll be more details to come and then she says I look forward um, uh, Kobo says I look forward to receiving them and I'm thinking at first watch I'm like whoa is she hosting the Egan family yeah. thing but it's I look forward to receiving the details of oh, okay, you know yeah, yeah, so yeah. like because it seemed like she was going to be like okay well I'm hosting it so yeah, I look forward but, to it so it's the details that well that's sense. the way yeah. I took it after the third watch and yeah. I yeah. read some reddit stuff on it because a lot of people had the same initial thought like ooh wait what is she hosting the Egan party right. is she like an Egan I mean which still 
I'm thinking her or Hallie has to be some kind of Egan well, with all the hype around that. The Egan gathering, is it going to be at Kier's house in the basement? Well, yeah. In, in the, the perpetuity, perpetuity wing? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Or it's at Mark's house. They all <laughs> they all live like in the upstairs room that we haven't seen? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. They all live in the upstairs of uh, Miss Selvig's house. Yeah. Um, yeah, that... That was pretty much the end of the any any portion. It was right? amazing yeah. though with her like trembling and it was like oh like this shit is getting serious. Yeah. So she, we, we'll get to see the board right of no doubt the you know the um, the Egans at some point. Which, yeah, I wonder uh, if that'll be in episode nine or we'll get to see. Watch it's like it's like the final shot of like episode nine is like she walks in and it's the board and it's like all these people that we know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I, it's it's a uh, it's the doula. Like yeah, like she's one of them. Yeah, for real. Mark's sister or Rickon, dude, dude. I have a theory on that. We'll get to that here in a minute. I, Egan, uh, Rickon is an Egan. <laughs> Killer. And and his books are meant for the innies. Oh wow! Like to see if they can become empowered or sentient. Yeah, like, they're not AIs, but if they can yeah, become self, it's the maze. Almost, the mazes yeah. for them. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll get to that, but that was it pretty much for the right for the innies, and then it goes back to um, uh, Mark at his house, and he's having a couple of drinks right at the table, and then the doula shows up. Yeah, she just so yeah, she just shows up again. Like he needed some time, and then she just shows back up at his house, and then yeah, she like left her phone there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. he was like, yeah, funny thing, I found it between the bed and the wall, and yeah. I was just like, uh, okay, yeah, you guys slept together. Yeah, yeah, and so she's like, "Cool, thanks," and he's clearly like hammered. Yeah, and she's he's like, "No, I'm cool. You know, come yeah. on in, make yourself at home." And she's like, "I'm gonna go." <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Well, look, here's a picture of my wife. Let me rip it up. Like, she's gone. I'm not gonna talk about her." Yeah, she's like, "You're not ready for a relationship. Yeah. You're still dealing with this." He's like, "No, no, no. Look, I'll just tear this up right." And he's like yeah. shredding it. And you're like, "Ah, oh, dude, like you're just." falling apart yeah and then he like follows her out the door and he's like he's like no we can talk about her she's she's amazing and he's like and she's like bye bark and he's like seriously yeah. like S- seriously <laughs> gosh yeah. that like, was awesome yeah just his drunk acting is like yeah it reminded me of when he was drunk in parks adam scott played drunk in parks and rec it's just like he's like a mess baba booey baba booey I watched that episode again recently. <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, so then Mark is left in the street, you know, and he's he's like, she was incredible, talking about his, you know, his dead wife, and mm-hmm. he goes back inside, and you know, he starts picking up the pieces of the photo on the floor, and you know, gets the tape, and he's taping it back together, and isn't it funny? It's torn in four segments, like the yeah. cubicle. Oh, interesting. You know, it's weird. Like it's the symmetry of it. Yeah. But the like like in the four the four ten. Uh, Oh, tempers, yeah. Tempers. Yeah. But this show is full of symmetry and yeah. all of those kind of numerical call-outs. And at least, well, math is life, right? I and mean, everything can, most everything can be numerically tracked or proven. Yep. But, yeah, he tapes up the picture and then. They're being very coy about it. Yeah. Like, he's got his finger over the face and you know, his thumbs over it while he's taping it together. And it's just like, oh. And then we see it, and I go, I yelled, holy shit. (laughs) Like, Miss Casey. Yeah. Miss Casey is Gemma. Like, his wife, who died, is the counselor, Innie. Yep. And as they say in one episode, like, when Koble's talking to her, like, what calls her a part-time Innie. Yeah. And I'm one, like, 
it opens it opens up a whole new world. This, the end of this epi- yeah. the end of the episode where we find out Mark's dead wife is Miss Casey down in the severed floor. And, and you start to think back in Miss Casey's office, there's a red and green candle that mm-hmm. Mark finds in the basement yeah. at his house. And Miss Selvig took it, or Coble took yeah. it, and gave it to her. Yeah. Yeah. And and in this episode, we forgot about this where, we forgot this part where Mark's sister's, Miss Coble's at the house teaching her how to breastfeed. Yeah, we skipped that with, part, with yeah. The, with the, so if you watch the. That was so weird. If, if you watch the, the servant on Apple TV. And it, it's a horror M. Night Shyamalan, but it falls a real baby that turns into a fake baby that turns back into a real baby. It's fucking horrifying. And the fake baby in that looks real, just like the the baby that Miss Selvig's so hold, holding. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I, like, I almost threw up. Yeah. Like, it Which, was disturbing. And then she fakes it, <laughs> and she just throws the baby on the couch. She, yeah, she, like, like, flips it off. She's yeah. like, okay, your turn. And it's, she's like, oh, this lady is, like, but, soulless. And then her sister starts to open up about Lumen. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then Miss Silva's like, does Mark ever talk about her? Does Mark and, ever see his, and his the, dead the, wife? Then, yeah, does Mark ever see her? And it's like, and then we find out that, like, they have interactions as... You know, as any's and is like Miss Selvig trying to connect them, like and then go into another reintegration thing, like with Petey, to help with reintegrating by these subtle hints, or that kind of leads to my theory now that open with that Miss Casey is there. Well, it doesn't. So, like my kind of theory is that. So we've got to the end of the show. Yeah. So we're kind of done recapping. So yeah. I think that Mark and her, and, you know, when Mark has the meeting with Miss Casey and, like, gives him, like, clay to make claymation, which yeah. is, which, <laughs> which is, like, are we in the Parks and Rec universe? Requiem for a Tuesday. <laughs> where Adam Scott's character makes the claymation. <laughs> Would a depressed thing? person make this? Yeah. yeah, I saw a meme about well, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you sent it to me. It's great. Yeah. It's a, instead of Mark, instead of uh, uh, Ben a Wyatt's claymation, claymation it's it's the doll. It's he's making it's a clay tree. tree. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, okay, Mark got drunk, or they went out. Mark yeah. drank too much. Drove home. Drove into a tree. <laughs> they went to the hospital. He was hammered and he was fine, and his wife Gemma was either died or dying, and he was a. And this is where I get you know I'm kind of torn on did she really die, and then is she dead? And then Lumen comes in to him and say, "Hey, if you come work for us, we can." We can, you can be with your dead wife. Yeah. You know. And even though you won't know it. Yeah. You'll still be with her. So you can spend eight hours a day with your wife and then eight hours a day at home. And maybe he's not dealing with the, maybe that's his way of dealing with the trauma. However, they used the, did they just, you know, put some kind of chip in her brain to like reactivate her for down there. And that's what part-time any, like she sits in a closet until they activate her with those switches, and then she comes to life, and is this part-time any? Is that what they mean? Um, 
And so that's how they got Mark to be in the severed thing. And that's why, like, he just drinks himself on the outside because he is just wants to be downstairs. And that's why his demeanor on the inside is smiling and and more, like, happier feeling. Maybe it's because he's not unaware or obtuse. But, yeah. Um, and on the outside, he just drinks his, away his pain. So, or he drinks away the decision of doing that. So, I mean, that's kind of my theory with that is that that's how Mark got involved into working for Lumen. But it could be just, Hey, she, it was a fake death and they, they cremated the body or it was too mangled up to, or they, I don't know. It could be, it opens up a whole new world of yeah. what Lumen can, did they have her DNA? Did they take her DNA and clone her? <laughs> Give Harkin back to the DNA comment. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I, I, I've got so many theories about it. A fresh one just popped in my mind. I'm I'm trying to think of something that they would that we wouldn't think of that that Apple's going to present with us present to us. Like everybody is saying, Helly's an Egan. I'm not buying it. Right? It's too obvious. I'm going to say Helly works for a rival company. Okay. Ooh, I like that. My my second theory, right, and these are just coming to me now as, as I'm listening to you talk about them. My second theory is is that Mark is severed. You can't see my air quotes voluntarily. Let's say he was drinking. Mark's an alcoholic. We see him drinking pretty heavily now, as it is. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. He was out driving. Um. Maybe with his wife. Maybe not. Got into a car accident. And they, you know, they say that Gemma died and, and he goes to this tree where she supposedly died at, right? What if Mark killed somebody accidentally in like a drinking and driving and his punishment is working severed for Lumen? Yeah, because we know the government now because Har- mm-hmm. you know, going back to the senator whose wife was severed during childbirth or yeah. whatever. And was she severed during childbirth or is she a slave to that guy? I think, because I'm wondering if they, because when she says, um, Mark's sister says, how do you do it with three? And she's like, it takes a village. Like, I'm thinking like, either, either she's severed at night when the husband comes home or Mm. she's severed during the day. So... She doesn't have to emotionally get involved with the kids. It's Ooh, like yeah. a, it's like a right wing birthing factory. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like Maid's Tale kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I, I've got this theory that just popped in my head that this is somehow like a penalty for like uh, involuntary yeah. manslaughter. Yeah, something. I, I I don't have all the dots connected because why would Irving be there? Now they all have their reasons for being there, and yeah, I think you know. Maybe the story that Mark experimental is experimental prison, uh, yeah, camps. <laughs> and Lumen is like because uh, think about it today, prison is a very monetary, yeah, financially to gain kind of system at the moment. And our so, mental institutions or rehab center, yeah, I mean, yeah. it could be something. So yeah. maybe, so my thought was maybe like Mark's wife had like brain damage and couldn't remember, so yeah. she's a part time any right, so. She's, you know, brain damaged to some degree and doesn't know who Mark is. So in order to make her sociable, I don't know, and I don't know the right way to say it, they severed her. So now she can interact in an office space and be around Mark. Well, and and you think Mark with, um, you know, their interaction where she's tasked to watch Heli, 
and Mark spills the stuff. Yeah. And on the workbook. Yeah, and Miss Casey's or it's like, oh, I gotta go get new one. Oh, it's eight minutes down the hall. <laughs> gotta and, get new a new one, and she comes back with like fucking nine of them. It, Mark, but Mark goes, oh, like I'll watch her. Yeah, and she's like, okay. Even though her entire directive from her boss is do not let her out of the sight. Yeah. So is there some mental connection since they were husband and wife that she's like, okay, this is. You know, she doesn't know it. No, yeah, they don't deep know Deep down, it. deep yeah. trust, acceptance. Right? Because they pass each other in the break room. Yeah. And, and they, they have, have, like, this moment. Yeah. It's very close. It's very intimate. They don't know. It's almost like Bert and Irving. Like, they yeah. don't know, but it's there's yeah, something there. I love, I think you had a theory maybe off offline that Bert and Irving could be together in real life. Yeah. Because it's kind of like that same thing. And it's like. Maybe they're both in there to explore if they can have the same connection inside. I mean, it's there's so many possibilities. It's mind, it's mind bottling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, did you say mind bottling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you mind put in a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, interesting how there's relationships being developed out of being severed, right? With blank slates and infantile tendencies. So I still think that Mark and his wife are working there out of some form of punishment, whether, you know, from the accident, legally, whatever. And they have chosen to work together severed severed in order to save their relationship. Maybe Bert and Irving are in a relationship outside. Maybe Helen, Helly and Dylan are in a relationship outside. Wild card, throwing it out I there that, like a that's mofo. Too, uh, it's way too, yeah. I mean, Dylan's Audi does do muscle shows, so on the outside. <laughs> he lives on a riverboat, you know. <laughs> <laughs> my Audi does muscle shows. I mean, came in today and, like, my yeah, arms. My, my, my biceps my, were, like, really <laughs> sore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's from picking up his kids, man. Yeah, now he knows. That blew yeah. his mind. He's like, oh, my God, I'm not a muscle muscle man. Yeah, there's no way to tell because the kid didn't have red hair. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah, but I, it was just, a theory. I would love, like, you know, and typically these style shows, you spend an episode with one person. You spend the next episode with another person. You yeah. spend, you know, you can, in these, um, these, you know, series, serial TV, you can, when you do ten episodes on something, nine episodes, you can spend one episode with one character and from their POV, but this show hasn't deviated into that direction. You're still seeing the majority through Mark's yeah. lens. I mean, you pop off here and there through the episode, but it's really not, you know, I'd love, honestly, I'd love to see, and maybe you'll start seeing it in the second season, like an episode where we see Helly on the outside or Dylan on the outside or Irving on I'm calling it Irving and Bert are neighbors. They're both married, but they've always had feelings for yeah. each other or or like just watching each other from afar. I'm calling. And I, I want to see if everybody lives in that same neighborhood, right? Yeah, that'd be interesting, yeah. Or if there's just different neighborhoods that are the same. All subsidized by, yeah. by Lumen. They all had to live in Lumen housing because we find out that these people on the severed floor, they're not longtime Lumen employees. No. Like... They basically 
bring them off the street for whatever reason and yep. directly into the severed floor. Very little experience. Yeah. Experience that and, we understand. But it's not. But the thing is, is that they don't need experience. You're starting with a blank slate. Well, sure. Yeah. So it's not like, I don't know, they're going in to do a manufacturing job and they have to know how to, you know, do something online. Right. They're doing this, like, data cleansing based on emotional responses. So it's not like they have to have a technical, uh, uh, you know, background or anything like that. But... um, you know, even in the Lexington letter, she was a bus driver yeah. and then was severed and went to do um, the same thing. The buckets, uh, I mean, the yeah, me- metadata refinement, right? No, ma- it was uh, the ma- macro, macro data. Yeah. yeah, yeah, macro data refinement. And she was so, doing the same thing these guys are doing. So why are they so hyped about Heli? Yeah, and I think the obvious answer that people are saying is that she's an Egan, but um, unless she's just like, I mean, she could be, you know, in some field that Lumen's in. You know, a, like a Elizabeth Holmes, like a ther- yeah. like like just a projected genius that they think can help, you know, get files done quicker. Or I don't oh, know. I don't know if anybody can beat uh, Mark's freshman fluke, but I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna throw one last theory out there. Right? They're so excited to see her because on the outside she's like living in a mental hospital or something like that. Like she's one flew over the cuckoo's nest. She's just living life a little too good, like Jack Nicholson was, and they had to put him in the mental hospital, and then they lobotomized him, and this is some form of punishment for her. Oh, we're so excited to see you here because this is radical, and we get to help somebody that's schizophrenic. I, don't I was going to say, she could be a diagnosed schizophrenic and already have multiple personalities, and then there's... why she's such a rebel, man. And it's experiment on the inside to see if they'll develop... She'll develop more multiple personalities. Yeah. Or will she be able to be normal? Let's start people's yeah. slates clean yeah. in infancy and see if we can normalize them, yeah. separate that part of their brain from the other. Yeah. Crazy theories. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because when you bifurcate that, does it cut out that? So, yeah, I mean, it could be. They all could be schizophrenic. <laughs> yeah, for real, yeah. <laughs> well, like, like I don't remember who said it, but they were like, what kind of monster could I, Petey, what kind yeah. of monster could I be on the outside to lock myself in yeah. here for eight hours a day? Yeah. And I'm telling you, that's why I think Mark like killed somebody. He thinks maybe he killed his wife too, but there's something along that line that he is. Mark was punished. a BTK. <laughs> BTK killer. <laughs> Crossover with mine hunters, bring in Netflix. <laughs> yeah. They, they, yeah. <laughs> he was that big guy in California that they go visit. In Ed Kemper. Yeah. Ed Kemper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, unbelievable episode. What you got? I know. Here? I say, Mark is the BTK killer. Dylan's Ed Kemner. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, the he's Eileen Warnos and Petey was Ted Bundy. I don't yeah. Know, like or uh, uh, the guy in Manson. Manson. Yeah. Like yeah. they're all serial killers. <laughs> yeah. Interesting theory. That would be, yeah, that would only probably appease me if that happened. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Put money on that. It's probably a thousand one odds. Um, so, yeah, so that was the episode Defiant Jazz, and I think it just takes this show to a whole new level. Yeah. We got three episodes left. Well, actually, two episodes left after Defiant Jazz. Yeah. The next episode is called. What's for dinner? Yeah. What uh, Irving asks every day when he comes yeah. into the office, which makes me think it's going to be an Irving heavy episode. Maybe we get to see his Audi. Ooh. Yeah. I think it's going to be an Irving heavy yeah. episode. The, the thumbnail picture of the episode, though, is Miss Casey. Yeah. So we'll definitely see some follow up to that. 
the write-up is Mark and team work together on something. And then, you know, so it's, but yeah, it's got to be, I mean, the title, What's Fadena, is, yeah. is Irving saying. So it's, he's got to be yeah. heavy in, in what happens there. Yep. And then I imagine probably episode, this is a penultimate, so it's going to set up for, I think, it's going to be mass, I may be wrong, but I'm thinking massive, massive havoc on the inside. Yep. Like, you know, continue. And then the finale will be kind of like, um, you know, kind of like the succession finale, like they're in Italy and they're, uh, you know, trying to get the, uh, the, all three kids are going to the dad. <laughs> this is like, they're at the board meeting, the Egan family yep. retreat. Yep. I think that's going to be episode nine. Uh, wild, wild shit's going to happen, episode eight. I hope that Egan gathering is weird as fuck, man. I hope there's, like, goat heads and, like... Eyes wide shut, weird, like... I hope yeah. it's weird as shit. Or, yeah. oh, you haven't got... To, so, I'm going to spoil something, and I'm sorry. Do it, do but it. But episode of The Dropout... It's Elizabeth Holmes' thirtieth birthday, and she really has no friends except for the investors and coworkers and that the board guy. and all. Yeah. This. And yeah, um, you know who that the actor is? Mm. Um, do you ever watch Lost? No, I never did watch oh. Lost. Yeah, I never did. watch So it. it's I forget the guy's name, but he's like one of the main characters in Lost. And just to see him play Sonny Balwani is like wild. Interesting. But in this episode of the Dropout, the last episode six. At their birthday party, she walks in. They're all wearing a mask of her face. Oh yes, and they're all dancing. Oh, I then, saw that in like the trailer or something. And yeah. she puts on the mask and is dancing for Sunny like that night after he's dancing for her. And it's fucking weird. That's insane. Yeah, I'm I like, hope, I hope that the Egan Megan is just <laughs> meeting is just like that. It, it, yeah, the, they all have like Mark's face on. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's like the Matrix. There's like a bunch of uh, in Matrix two or three. It's just like a bunch of Agent Smiths. <laughs> you see, it just it opens up. It makes me. There's a show that I need to watch. So I'm just thinking. This is like, it's not even like an episode of Severance. It's just like the Matrix. So like Keanu Reeves is there, and they're like, like he's like shooting at the goat people, and Agent Smith pops up, and there everybody turns into Agent Smith. And it made me think of that as a joke because Atlanta, who which I haven't watched yet, but there's two seasons that came out like three years ago or four years ago, and season three just debuted last week or last week, and it's uh, with um, Childress Gambino or uh, uh, Donald Glover. Donald Glover. It's written by Donald Glover and his brother, and Hiro Mirai. Is the is produces it, which he did a bunch of Barry, and he did two episodes of Station Eleven. Uh, the Watch had an episode, uh, or the last episode on Monday. They didn't even talk about Severance. They're like, "I'm sorry, we're not going to talk about Severance, but we're <laughs> talking about Atlanta." And they interviewed Hero Mariah for like 45 minutes. Wow, fascinating. But the first, they dropped two episodes of Atlanta season three. The first one had none of the main characters in it. Whoa. And, like, that's why they dropped two at a time, so they wow. could bring... Like, yeah. it was just, like, a standalone episode with different people. That's and I'm crazy. like, yeah, so, like, I want some wild stuff yeah. like that, where people are going to be like, uh, this sucked because nothing happened, <laughs> but then you're like, you're going to watch it next season because yeah. it's so wild? Oh, like, yeah. Or, yeah, they just... 
episode nine, they shift to Topeka, and yeah. you like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're going to the Topeka branch, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I think something it's, weird is going to happen, right? Like, it's got Mr. Will Ferrell and uh, oh, dude, yes, oh my gosh, <laughs> and, and Will Ferrell and Danny McBride, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Danny McBride's Grainer, yeah. But yeah, I think it's going to be like at the meeting, it's going to be like, you know, Agent Smith is going to be there, and then um, I'm going to go full Pat Oswalt, and then Thanos with the uh, Infinity Gun. <laughs> no, I'm just fucking yeah. Around, but, um, <laughs> yeah. Take us to the sands of Tatooine. Yeah. We a glove <laughs> emerges out of the Sarlacc pit. Like, <laughs> oh, it's God. just Patton Oswalt doing Star Wars, like, <laughs> yeah. lore. Uh, oh, dude, we, we could... Sorry, we're going hours. off the yeah. rails with yeah. late it's, night. It's late, it's fun. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, so, you know, next episode is What's for Dinner, you yeah. know, and then uh, the final episode is The We We Are. And as we all know, the name of Rickon's book is the the you you are. Oh, and that was my other theory is that Rickon and uh, his uh, sister Devin are both involved with the Egan somehow I, with Lumen. I just think there's. I'm curious though, like the way his sister talks to Miss Selvig at the birthing thing, like she acts like she doesn't know. But I think Rickon is. Oh, he's full on Egan. I think he's an Egan offspring. Yeah. That. His books are written for innies. He's doing the weird shit, man. He's hanging kelp, and he's yeah. got three beds for his kid. He's doing Egan shit, man. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got to be, but anyways. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so next week we'll, uh, next week, we'll wrap this up here, and next week we're going to talk about episode eight of Severance, and then we also are going to, in the first half of the episode, we're going to break down the trailer that just came out today. Yeah for Ozark season four part two. So get ready for a that. lot of thoughts on that. So watch the trailer, listen along with us, catch up on Severance next week. Um and we will uh keep going with Severance so catch up and we'd love talking about it. Yeah, and uh, be sure to uh, follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts and uh follow us on Instagram at uh, Can We Kick It Podcast. Uh, and go to our website, kickingitmedia.com. And uh, for any questions or comments, feel free to email us at canwekickitpod1 at uh, gmail.com. And as always, peace!